podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. All right, bro. Game week two just ended a few hours ago. We're looking down the barrel at game week three. What's your vibe? Oh, you know, great vibes. Just classic, doing great early as usual and overthinking everything as usual and being a nightmare as usual. So, Man, wow, I did not expect the darkness, I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a little little dark, a little bit. Semi-dark. Well, I, I haven't looked at my team that much, and now that I am, then it's like remembering how I fucking did not Captain Coon like an idiot. It's like butterfly effect triggering to like different times in your life when bad things happened. <laughs> how are you doing? I, I had a solid week. I had 79 points. Another one of those things where like everyone in Slack is on fucking like 90 plus points, and I'm like, God, I did terribly. And then I look at the averages and... Top 10K net average is 82.3. So guys who did game week, good game week one are still flying. And then the overall net average is 59.1, and I got 79. So nice green arrow. I basically cut my rank in half. Um, so very pleased with that. I'm up to 659K. It was a weird week because... On Saturday, I went like down 300k, and then Sunday I went up 500k, even without Captain Coon just owning him and Mendy. And then after today, I went up another like almost 500k, so it's good. Um, yeah, I feel pretty good. I mean, the most annoying part of my team by far is, has to be De Gea. I mean, he's just sitting on like four total points on the season. Meanwhile, like. Allison and Ederson, the only guys I considered all preseason are just each sitting on 13, just having fun at the top. And I just feel like such a fucking idiot United or such shit. Um, we both have Jota. That soup is long spoiled, just fucking mold, disaster soup. We both have already transferred them out. Sneak, sneak preview. Um, Lucas doing... Stuff. I mean, classic, like, FML field fashion. He misses the sitter that's crossed in from, from Davies, from Davis, Davis, which would have been a nice assist for me. And then he just scores the unassisted worldie and just, like, life on earth. But, yeah. Yeah, getting a goal from your player must suck, dude. What? Getting a goal from your player yeah, must suck. I'm just bitter. Like, someone was asking <laughs> me about Davis earlier in Slack, and... He has the actual highest expected assist in the league through two games, and obviously no assists, actual assists on the season. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. He's still good. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I had a good week. A Captain Mo obviously didn't come in at Kuhn levels, but I own Kuhn, and we both do, and, and so that's fine. And yeah, just like, 11. There's just 11 in it. Yeah, I'm mostly, mostly happy with my team, though. Yeah, good job by you. Good job by you. What about you? I finished up on 70 um, at 564K, which, I mean, two game weeks in is is acceptable. Defense is doing the job for me, but it was just the, you know, that Guardian article and then the mass hysteria. And I consulted my uh, you and a couple others and just, 
Came to the conclusion sticking on Kuhn was too risky, so obviously Erickson decided to step up for two points. In hindsight, it's just feels just like the feels. I don't know. Yeah, that's just pure darkness. I mean, you know, it's it's on Salah no matter what for me, like except for when they play Palace, which then happened to coincide. And obviously, on the pod last week, I was on Kuhn literally all week. I hadn't even thought about it. And then that bullshit came out on Friday, and I went into complete hysterical panic mode, like talking to my wife, talking to my dog, and anyone who, any, anyone that would listen and not judge me harshly. And then Erickson just, yeah, I don't know, dude, what he's up to. The stats are still like somewhat there, but I just saw the game as goals because Fulham are trash defensively and they scored three. They have five goals on the season and Erickson's got no involvement. It's improbable. Um, he's still getting shots and creating chances. It's just not happening for him. And the captaincy felt bad. I lost a lot of points on it. I mean, 18 points is, I don't even want to think about where I'd be if I had 18 more points. But. I feel like this is one of the first times that your rule of not capping against Palace has, has come back to bite you. Yeah, usually it's not a problem. Yeah. I, I am like around neutral or one or two point difference. It's never really been a problem. Yeah. But the problem is it shouldn't have bitten me. It should have came in with 11 more points. I yeah, just right. fucking was an, a little weak asshole on Friday and I just trusted some Twitter bullshit. Like Although I got to say, it's, it, it's such a pet peeve of mine when people, like obviously everyone who Captain Coon on Twitter and like Reddit and shit is just like, Oh yeah, it was obvious. Like Captain Coon, like don't trust like Guardian, like Twitter, like what? Like go fuck yourself. Like that's a little bit of hindsight, I would say. Like it easily could have been the other way around, and Coon is benched or subs on and plays ten minutes and like whatever. You know, it's a. I don't think it was like using the information we had. I don't think it was like a diabolical decision. I just think. Sometimes that's fucking how FPL goes. Like, like we said in preseason, captaincy is like a lot of luck behind it, you know. And this time it just went the wrong way for you. Thanks for trying to cheer me up, buddy. <laughs> I'm being, I'm just being honest. No, I, mean, I, I hear. No, it's that's why logical. But I never considered not being on Salah. Like I was just like, there's no risk, and he's he returns every game. Like it's. That's why. That's what I want for my captain is consistency, and that's part of the reason why. That's part of the reason Salah was so special. Like he had a few huge games last year in terms of like just like mega hauls, but mostly it was just he actually returns every fucking week, and that's just a good thing. Yeah, and we'll get there back to cap, but you see again, obviously Kuna twenty points this week, but you see the inherent risk with throwing cap around on a city player. Raz played zero minutes. Exactly. They're all they they could have sixty games a season and he's gonna have to mix and match and keep his players fresh. So Aguero will be on the bench some games in the next few. There's just no question about it. Or maybe one or two. I, I don't know how you know, in the next month yeah, or two and- months and you know, it's, it comes with the territory there. So it's just one of those things you look back, and some some people get get lucky and play it perfectly right, and not Cap Coon when he's benched, whatever. But for the most part, it'll end up being like probably around net equal average. If like I'm capping Salah every week, and Coon gets benched one week when people captain him, and and Salah returns, then it'll you know it'll combat everything that happened this week. It's an interesting thing, though. Yeah, we'll talk more, I guess, for captains next week on it. But 
Um, but yeah, I mean, other than the captaincy fell, I, yeah, my team I, I like a lot. I think I, this is the most happy I've been with my team after two game weeks. Yeah. I think since I've started playing, maybe um, the defense just is getting is has been carrying me. The, the main issues on my team are obviously Erickson and Otsel, both who have yet to return through two game weeks. Which when everyone else like Mane and whoever the fuck are all returning for fun. But I still think they're great medium and long term picks. I mean, Otsel obviously didn't get him for the first two game weeks, so we'll see where he is. You know, at the end of game week eight or so, hopefully he's going to be up there, and then that's going to pay off. And you know, and then Jota was just disaster. The points that we lost going Jota instead of Richarlison was significant. <laughs> what a joke! Oh yes. my god! I mean, that's just classic us classic overthinking, us. trying to find the trendy guy that no one's on and shit like that. I mean, he was still reasonably on, but it's just it was just overthinking it to a T. And and then yeah, I mean, Arnie and Kuhn look great. So you know, I did Jota. We'll talk about that later. And you know, team's looking okay. Yeah, the, we'll the heavy defense we absolutely fucking nailed. So um, I hope you listeners followed us into that into that that path because it's good. Yeah, and it's also just like Ederson and Allison. That's I think the most typifying point because I still saw seventy five percent of other people outside of Slack and the fantasy communities going with like dueling four fives or, or eight five and. You know they both are two and three in the to- in the in the top scores of goalkeeper behind Etheridge with all the pen saves every game. But yeah, that's why I went to Hey. It's just like nailed like good points. You know, just like top sixteen Mourinho defense, like yeah, good shit. You know, getting that spine of just trickling in points from the goalkeeper <laughs> position goes a long way. I know. I'm so jealous. But, no, so you, jealous. you're gonna get. You know, it's gonna come in. It's two game weeks. It's small town, but. Yeah, I mean, Robbo and Mendy and everyone's team has been great. They've just come in huge the first two game weeks. I mean, Shaw's for me has been incredible. Yeah. And I mean, anyone who has double, you know, double Liverpool defense doing really well. Alonso now throwing his hat in the ring, clearly playing fullbacks, not affecting him. And, you know, expensive defenders is having, I mean, Davis Trippier now putting his hat in the ring also. There's so many six million defenders who look. Like season long holds, that so are many, be and really it, good, and yeah, and it's one, of, and it's a thing we obviously talked about in preseason is like the the guys that are in that like top five, top six right now that are in, in contention with the guys in the top six. Oh, sorry, with the guys from the teams that are top six are like Steve Cook on Bournemouth, Pereira on Leicester, who we should talk about later, like Hola Boss and stuff. But once the Clean, you know, larger sample size when the cleans really start carrying more than just attacking returns, which is kind of like like weighting everything too strongly at the beginning of the season. Like those those guys on the top six clubs will pull away even more. Oh my god! I'm Steve Cook getting double returns, like Holobost double returns. They will yeah. fade very fast from the very top fast. standings. Yeah. Very fast. All right, um, let's get let me, into it. Yeah, let me do shout out. So, shout out the FMLPL Prize League slash Mug League leader. Still Petro, dude. He's just chilling up top, 10 point lead. Some guys are, are closing in, Roland and Half Hyde and shit, but I don't know. Petro's a beast. He's also top of the public league. He's just, he's just completely flying. Legend. Uh, OR, OR39. <laughs> Keep going. That's good. God, he's flying. Obviously, Capcoon. Uh, that's it. That's it for housekeeping. So let's. Okay. Uh... 
going? Where do you wanna where do you wanna start? Start some questions. Okay. I like it. So I feel like City is a decent place to start. Just a couple questions from the top right here that I'm pulling from Slack. So Bocce Coach, first question. Rotation's a thing no matter what for City Midfield. So Dilva in question mark. And then simple mug also on Slack. He said at the beginning of last season, we saw Pep experiment with different formations, starting 11s and tactics for each player. After the big changes in Game Week 2 this past week, it looks like he's replicating those kinds of experiments. At this point, how confident can any of us be in saying that any outfield player for City is 100% nailed? I personally think we need to wait five game weeks or so before any of this will become clear. And in the meantime, just expect any and all of your City assets to miss a game or two. Yeah. Um, I mean, the second question, very, very developed question. But yeah, I think with City, what we see are players that are obviously first choice. But again, they have so many games, tactically flexible, just, you know, playing two strikers against Huddersfield, which is playing 11 men behind the ball every, you know, every minute of the game, just as flexibility and keeping the opponents guessing. And I, again, you know, David Silva, first choice, no question. You know, I mean, Walker was dropped, but he's first choice, no question about that. You have Raz, I'm not first sure choice. about Walker. Like, I'm a little, like, in the 3 5 2, the point of doing it, I think, is that you have three defenders, not four. And Mendy is a billion times better going forward player than Walker, so it's a little shady. Like, because the I amount think- of buses that they'll see, I'm just not sure if you need Walker. It's like overkill. I think Walker and Raz, one reason that maybe pointed out about why they rested, where they did play a lot in the World Cup, they did both play 90 yes. game week one, they probably made a fitness decision there, they could give you one of those two games and then, you know, maybe taking the two weeks off to work on fitness is a little better, but I, I mean, he's not playing fucking Bilva at Wing back on the left, on the right. That's a ridiculous. I mean, he was okay, but yeah, I you know, just think against Huddersfield buses, at home, it's like it's like sort of forty chess from Pep. It's like the type of thing where we always complain about like Potch, and it's like they Spurs will play against the bus, and he'll have like one Yama, Dyer, three center backs, two wing backs, and it. it's like, do you need all of these guys versus well, like I Huddersfield? Mean, you know? That's just that's the other end of the spectrum, but. There are not many teams that are going to come to the Etihad that are at the level of Huddersfield. I mean, maybe they have three more games like that this season. But I guess if, that's fair. But you know, even mid-table yeah. teams, you know, you need someone who can at least. Yeah, that, Bernardo that's Silva that's was fair. playing right wing back. He's clearly never like done that in his life. It's, yeah, he's just and he had out. no defensive responsibilities whatsoever. It was just you know, it was just such a ridiculously easy game, but. I mean, those are anyway the but the city discussion. Yeah, no one's nailed. You're not. No one's nailed. Like Kane is nailed. Like or Salah. That they're never going to not start a league game. You know, maybe there's going to be one in December or something. But yeah, he's going to be rotating them to to an extent. You know, when Champions League starts up, that'll be another thing. And I don't think that's a reason not to own them. However, because I think that they are going to be scoring three plus more often than not. And you know, you hope if your guy doesn't play, he doesn't come off the cam on a, for a cameo, and you get someone off the bench or something like that. But you know, having you know the odd zero or one will be made up for by the twenty <laughs> or right. the, the twelve. You know, it, it comes around. The players are just so explosive. So that's kind of my take on that. What do you think? I, I mean, yeah, I think that's really the only way to approach it. I don't think you're going to win FPL by just avoiding city full stop. I think they're too good to do that. I mean, I guess there's a world where you could triple city defense, which is a thing we entertained in preseason because 
The rotation is so thick and fast, but you start to run out of like premium attackers that you really want if you were to go that route. Like, yeah, Abba's well, really think, good. I think Kuhn put a marker down. I mean, he looks vintage. It seems, I mean, people are wildcarding if they don't have him. It seems For fairly sure. absurd to not get on him. Right? Yeah, I, I think so. And we've thought so for even before the Community Shield. We're fucking hipsters. Like, I, I was on Coon before Community Shield. But it's just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I have nothing else to add, really. I think it's the only way to approach it, really. It's like, ideally, there's a world where, like, Bernardo Silva's more involved and he's nailed, or, or David plays every single week and he's nailed. But it just, it just doesn't seem the best way to, to, do it for Pep, and their squad is so fucking ridiculously deep, and their quality is so high that they just don't need to do that. Like some of the other teams who are also in the top six would need to. So, yeah, it just comes with the comes with the price tag, I guess. Where sometimes you get twenty from Kuhn, like you said, and sometimes you'll get zero. But luckily, there's a lot of like four, five, and five zero guys who are actually kind of good. Yeah. So, so what's your take on Dilf? I mean, watching him was just magnificent. It was just like I, I, I think I tweeted like, I can't believe I ever doubted you. Like I love Dilva like more than anyone. Like he's the best thing ever. Like seeing his little kid, like be a healthy little baby, and then he scores like the worldy free kick, and he was just so up for it all game. He only played like sixty minutes, but like. He was so incredibly good in those sixty minutes. Like great he had stats, six, like six chances and two big chances. I mean, that, that's ridiculous creative tally for someone who only plays sixty minutes, and and then he tops it all off with the free kick, the golden free kick from the gods. And I mean, the him to Bilva. Bilva's creating a chance every ninety minutes, and Dilva created a chance every eleven minutes. Yeah, I mean, part of that the is season. the positioning too, right? That's but, on the season, including the first game, though. Yeah, including the first game. I mean, yeah, yeah, Dilva can't be touched. I mean, like, if they if this was last season and Kev had a horror injury last season, Dilva would be like the most required player in all of FPL because they didn't have like Mares and Bilva wasn't settled and stuff and. Dilva probably would have actually started every single game, but that's just not the case this season. I think there'll still be some rest and stuff. But I th- that said, I think he's a great pick. I mean, it's it still, feel it's just still a, little, a cheap price. Yeah, he's he's not that expensive. It still feels a little bit sketchy to go with two attackers, though, just because of the rotation factor. I mean, having double exposure to it feels a little bit unsettling. Yeah, I mean, it's when you. I had a lot of time of like thinking back to preseason this weekend, and I remember there was a time, I don't know if I, it was a tweet or if I said it on the pod or whatever, when I was just like, maybe we're just overthinking this entire thing, we should have triple city, triple Liverpool. That was like a profound statement, conclusion that I came to at some point. And when you think back to preseason, like, it was so, it was sort of just overthinking it so simple to just go, Kuhn, two city defenders because there's no midfielder that's remotely close to nailed. This was before, you know, Kev and Raz are back from the World Cup, before the injury, but we didn't know what was going on. And and then Liverpool is so easy to go Salah, defender, and like 
Mane because they actually do have a, another nailed attacker who's really good. And yeah, I mean, I'm happy with my double Liverpool defense, but in hindsight, I'm just like, wait, why didn't I do that again? Like, it's so simple, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Stones is interesting too. He's I'm starting to because I have I only have two cities, so I'm I'm looking at Stones. I only have two cities too. I want I want to have Alfred Ederson. God damn it! Yeah, that's that's a safer option for sure. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I mean that game like. Everyone was incredible. I mean, Gab Jesus should not be slept on either. I don't think, not necessarily for an FPL pick, like Kuhn is obviously the pick there, but he was incredible. And they yeah, he played, they he worked well. better together than I feel like I've ever seen them work together. You know? I agree. Yeah, they weren't getting it. Usually I just feel like they're in each other's way. When yeah, and that was not because they were, they were interchanging really well, and one was in the box and the other was yeah. holding up and, and back and forth. And Mendy, dude, Mendy's just. Yeah, Mendy, we know about Mendy. Yeah, Kuhn, he, he looked. Was pretty good dropping deep too. This game, he he was good. I mean, Huddersfield is just they're so bad. Huddersfield yeah, really missed Moy. Really miss Moy, <laughs> dude. You know who misses Moy? City miss Moy. <laughs> yeah, that's who misses Moy. Yeah, I mean, Pep was going off on how good Kuhn was, like not just from the goal scoring perspective, but from all the build up and everything. And that that couldn't be a better message to hear from someone like Pep, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees the game differently. Yeah. So that's City. a good thing. City are uh, quite good. Yep. Um, there's a lot of Arsenal talk. I mean, so yeah, here, here's, just, here's just three questions, right? I'm just pulling right from the top right here, right? Three slackers. Adam P, Bug Eyes is bugging me. Do I stick or twist? Who should I get for him? I already have three City, three Liverpool, then Matt. Are we happy happy to stick to the plan and go all in on Arsenal after those two performances? And it's John Charles. Where are we on Mezu? So we both own Ozil. So what are you what are you thinking? He's been bad. <laughs> he's been very bad. His oh, stats man. are horrendous and he's looked bad. For what's two better? Games. His what's worse? His player Emery's teeth. I love Emery's teeth. I could stare at them forever. It's just oh like watching God. a car crash. Diabolical. They're insane. I love it so much. The um, last time Ozil played 70 or more minutes without a single key pass was December 10th against Southampton. That's what he did against Chelsea. Well, he didn't play 70 minutes. Yeah. Okay. No, he played 67. Okay. Uh, he, I, I'm just, all that said, I'm just not concerned because he always is bad against good teams because Arsenal are usually bad against good teams and he only is good in fantasy when they're bossing possession. That's how he make, gets points. And I just did, I was hoping for maybe like a corner kick assist or an indirect set piece assist in the first two game weeks, like I mentioned in the Lambs before yeah. game week one. Just It would just calm me down a lot, but... He signed an extension. Clearly, Emery's been working very hard to figure out a spot for him. I think he wants him to be in his best 11. It's just a matter of where and, and who around him. But that said, it's getting pretty difficult to justify him and Mctarian in the same team against good teams. Someone's got to make way because, I mean, he's just being carried. He just, he, he pressed okay at, at times, but it's just, he's not good at it. Like, it's not his game, kind of, you know? He, right. He's it's more like, like running at people is okay, but if you're not 
good at blocking the pass or reading the pass or committing to it, then it's not that yeah. effective. Like someone like Jorginho is not going to be affected by Ozil running at him. <laughs> it's just kind of it's mean, like, meaningless it's like energy a expended. Child running at you with a, <laughs> a stick. They don't. They don't play a good team until week eleven now. So this is why I have Ozil on my team. I perceive him to be nailed. Mictarian was so bad for the vast majority against of the game against Chelsea, but he came in with a double return. I mean, he missed an absolute ridiculous sitter. Um, but in preseason, Emery was fucking around a lot with Laka in and Mictarian. He was in a lot also, but I just don't know about. I mean, Mickey seems like. The standout pick. If you were going to transfer an N Arsenal asset right now, it I don't be. think you could really reason Ozil, 1.5 million more expensive than Mickey. No, you. I wouldn't make that argument. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not thinking of doing Ozil to Mctarian. No, I'm just, that's the I thing. My like, we both have kinda... Ozil. Like someone on, on, I was debating with someone on Twitter. Like he was saying, I don't know why you guys are so high and blah blah blah. blah. And I was just like, well, we both haven't. So that's why I'm like navigating this minefield because. I agree with you on on pretty much all fronts. The only thing that scares me, and I tweeted at Nate, and he kind of calmed me down a little bit, but I just don't know that he's nailed, and I don't know that he's definitely going to start against these bad teams and stuff. And I do believe that if he does, the returns will come. And I think Arsenal's attack showed against Chelsea how lethal they can be, and they're going to be fucking good against these teams. But... I just, I'm just praying. That's the team sheet I'm by a million most nervous for this weekend. Just, yeah, I'm just, I'm not nervous about it at all. I don't understand how you're not nervous. That's <laughs> just, they have so many guys. Like they have He's, all of the guys from preseason, which are like, you know, yeah, Mickey, Shaka, Rambo, Oba, Laka, etc. And then also Awobi was like so good against Chelsea and had a really good preseason. Just throwing his hat in the mix. I'm very no, worried. No, that's the bug. It's the bug at God's team. We all know it. He's he's going to get in there. He's going to start doing his little assist things, and he's going to be great. Aubameyang's going to start banging him in soon. Oh, my God. I don't know how he, he ended up with zero goals. That game was out of control. <laughs> the sitter level was... Yeah, you haven't seen that in a while. That was weird. No. Yeah. No, yeah, he's he's going to start getting points, but it's kind of the same thing. Why, even though the fixtures are good, why would you want him over Kuhn? Yeah, I wouldn't. But the I mean, teams that started the season with Kuhn and Obs and like some other good picks and like like there are teams that kind of loosely followed our template of like a relatively heavy defense, Salah, Kuhn, and then they also found a way to get Obs and went cheap everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like say they're like starting Juan B or something, or like well Rip Juan B. They're starting Tompkins <laughs> every week, like like Desert Bug or something. Like those teams I look at now, and I'm like, holy shit, you're about to fucking fly. Like having Abba and Kuhn for this stretch is just insanity. Like it's gonna be great. I think. Yeah, it's like twenty points a week from the two of them. You can yeah sort of. I mean that's maybe a little aggressive, but floor probably twelve points. Like it's, yeah, they just Two both goals together. Yeah, you're getting a couple goals. You should be anyway. Yeah, you should. Yeah, be. that's good. No, Ob's definitely good. Definitely good pick. Definitely good uh, pick. Nectarian, good pick. Otsol, I still think you hold if you own it. it. Don't get me wrong. If he's not on the team sheet, immediately transferred out. One thousand percent straight out. As, as out as Jota. 
Yeah, just, could not make that transfer faster, but I, I don't see it. I just think he's going to be in the team every game. He's, I think Emery's trying to build, like, work around him. Like, yeah. he's not, it's not like Aubameyang's playing the same spot. It's, I don't know. I, no, just I know what him. you mean. He, I love it, him. It's a, it's a little damper on, like, Emery and Arsenal. I mean, I still think they're going to be good and they're going to be fine and stuff, but, like, like you see how short amount of time sorry has been at Chelsea given Chelsea's squad so much bigger and so much better than Arsenal's squad I think but sorry was there so much with so much less time and half of his team at the World Cup or whatever and they're just like looking awesome and Arsenal cannot figure out their 11 and like don't know kind of look confused and like don't know what's up it's kind of bad yeah, I don't know what Arsenal were up to thinking that their defense was okay with the current players they have in the squad, but that so said, Arsenal bad. could have won this game 5-3. Absolutely could have so won the game. That the, the scoreline, I think, flattered Chelsea, to be honest. Yeah. Arsenal, we went, Arsenal went missing for a large stretch of the game, but they created, so they, they missed two absolute stone-cold sitters, one Ob and one Mkhitaryan, like. It was crazy. Yeah, they, they won the so many chances. XG battle, and Chelsea were just playing the long ball game. It was a very interesting game. But yeah. um, on the note of Chelsea, I think Conte deserves some talking to. And F, F train on Slack said, how real is Conte for FPL? He's playing quite free in the Chelsea squad. Will Kovacic coming in change that? I mean, what the fuck is happening with Conte right now? <laughs> like, actually, what's happening? Like, He is... A hundred percent a viable start every week option right now. He, yeah. I mean, the stats are there. Positionals, positions he's getting into are there. He's five million, which is ridiculously cheap. And you know, he's he's just playing a different role. We're obviously not used to seeing it. But my concern was when Kovacic came in for Barkley, where would what would that do to Conte? And it, it was didn't only stop like, him at all. Was, yeah, it was only twenty minutes, but it had absolutely zero impact. And Kovacic looked ridiculous. By the way, he's, he's such a player. He's, he's just, so he's, good, dude. Oh my I, god, so people good. were fucking ripping on me when I tweeted when when they got Kovacic. I tweeted Chelsea might have like the best central midfield in Europe, and everyone was like, "Oh, get the fuck out of here!" Like, blah, blah, blah. like they're looking yeah. pretty good so far. It's impressive how. Sorry, I mean he obviously identified that he needed to bring Jorginho with him from Italy, and then he just bought Kovacic, and he he looks at Conte, and he's like, "Go play attacking mid," which he's like never done in his life. And the three of them look in my head like it's gonna be, it's like the John Nash like numbers everywhere, or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. they're gonna be so good together. It's and so, it's so weird. Like yeah. I was talking to. Cole, like friend of the pod, like Chelsea supporter, and I was just like, "Sorry, comes in. He's just chewing on cigarettes, and he's like, okay, I have the best central defensive midfielder in the actual world. No argument at all. I'm gonna make him. My, yeah. He's my new number ten, and he like, looks good. I mean, he's gonna. I think <laughs> he's gonna go into shoot, it. Shoot, and he kind of can't pass, and he's gonna <laughs> keep scoring goals. It's the most bizarre thing ever. The thing that I've I've been watching him specifically so much more than the other players when I've been watching Chelsea this season because I'm just confused about what's happening. But he knows his limitations, and he doesn't make bad decisions. And he just lays it off for someone who's better than him. And yeah. he was like the second runner on when the ball's out wide, and maybe it just drops to his dick, and he dicks it in. You know, he's yeah. There was one. Buying- there was one play that. Like what's perfectly illustrated it. I think it was like 
Conte up to Morata, Morata back to goal, like just great hold up play, turns, frees Conte down the right side, Conte gets into the box, shits himself, side passes it to Morata <laughs> for like a good shot in the box. And it's just yeah. like he's gonna get assists by just doing that. He he led the team he led the entire match with five touches in the box and three shots in the box. Second on Chelsea for XG in the match. He also created four chances, which was also the most for Chelsea. Like what yeah, he's <laughs> and his engine is ridiculous. Well, that's that's like run... why it works. I feel like because he'll just never stop sprinting ever, yeah, ever, ever. Defensively, obviously, it's not good for Chelsea, but I don't give a fuck about that. I'm, we're talking about him for FPL, and he's good for FPL. I think he's a very good pick right now. I think he's better than any five million defender. I would have him over any five million defender in my team right now. Trent. Except for Trump. Hey. <laughs> Good job, yeah. Um, God, Conte. I can't believe that's like a fucking topic right now. Oh, yeah. He's also, so yeah, good. Alonzo. You, you kind of mentioned Alonzo, but yeah, no wing back doesn't really fucking matter. He's just yeah, loving life. Yeah, he's basically still playing in midfield, kind of. His heat map is fucking ridiculous. So. Yeah, he's, he's a midfielder, and now he's just better on bonus because he's getting like more recoveries, more CBI, more tackles, like all that shit, and, yeah. he's still, and he's attacking just as much. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, Chelsea, obviously, the defense for clean sheet doesn't seem tremendous. Yeah. They yeah. probably should have conceded against Huddersfield game week one, but... Yeah, I mean, the next four, they've got Newcastle, Bournemouth's a bad fixture, but they have them at home, I don't know. And then Cardiff and West Ham, you know, they're kind of a mixed bag for clean sheets, but if you get, you know, two clean sheets in five or six from Alonzo, you expect he'll get one more attacking return, maybe two, you're you're making your money right there. Yeah, so. the, and that's what you would hope for. Yeah, yeah. he's a good pick. Yeah, he's, he's back. He's, he's, he's just back. He's good. He's, he's still yeah, good. He's, he's still not. Good. Yeah, he's not a liability. Well, he's a liability defensively, but he's not an FPL liability in terms of position. So he's. Yeah, we had him all preseason. I yeah, the minute that Conte got sacked, I took him out. But he was in yeah, my team that's for that's that what and, happened. Yeah, we had, exactly. And now that we're seeing that he's the same position, I mean, he should just be straight back in. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, bet. Begin boy on Twitter said, "Would you take Richarlison over Alonso? If so, why?" That's tough. That's um, really tough. The fixture I, run I, for Everton is still like whoa. I actually haven't looked at it in a while. Let me it's, check it out. Right it's here. still really, really good. So I would. It's ridiculously good. Holy fuck! Uh, Richarlison's a tough one. I mean, his stats have been medium. His conversion rate's been insanely good. Alonzo versus good. I would probably go Richarlison, but it's close. I mean, so okay, so Richarlison. Let's just transition there. We he can't stop scoring. And after early transfers this week, still neither of us have him somehow. What the fuck are we doing? What are we thinking about? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I posed to you. It's like I had two freeze. Do I want to take a hit and drop someone else? I mean, do I want to use two frees, drop someone else where I really don't have an obvious place to find money to get Richarlison, or do I use one and get Pedro and and just sit tight and float because the rest of my team's great and I don't have any problems to me anyway? And we kind of decided just fucking Pedro's stats and eye test looks better and he plays on a better team, so I went that way. 
So once William plays and Hazard comes in and Pedro's on the bench, then I'll then the decision will be easy for me. Yeah, See? exactly. It's process of elimination. But, but me, so okay, so the the jig is up, and everyone knows your transfer now. My double move that I made yesterday was Jota out for a four five midfielder and Juan Bisaka before he got the red card because I'm fucking prescient being up to Alonso. So I. For me, we kind of made the decision to go Alonzo over Charleston. And now but I feel bad about it. it's a little different because then you would have, you, you keep Juan and then you had to downgrade elsewhere. And No, I didn't. I could have just gone Jota to Charleston. You had money to do that? I had that? money. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was an oversight. I'm not sure. It, these are all coin flips to me, really. I mean, really, Charleston is the hardest picks. thing to read, I, I feel like, in a while. Yeah, I, and for me, my default mode is to not own him and curse every time he scores. It happened, I got used to it last season, so it felt more comfortable for me to just keep playing that my part there. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing without Richardson. Man, we neither of us. That's why we're bad. <laughs> yeah, but I could have got him. Like we have, oh my god, did I just fucking fuck up badly? I don't know. <laughs> he has he has four shots and four his shots ex, like that's four the shots thing. xg xg point nine two, and he has three goals. And two of the goals, I, I just don't know with him. He has one good goal and two sh- weird ass. The first goal is shit against Wolves, just a complete. Yeah, I mean the header goal is legit. The header was good. Yeah, I mean he good. got it, made yeah. a good run. It was powerful. It was good, but I mean he didn't do fuck all else. I I just don't know, dude. Richarlison, I I just don't know. He's it's great. Really Obviously, weird. he's great. He just scores for fun. It's the kind of thing where if stats didn't exist, I'd be like, oh, three goals in two games. Yeah, what am I right. Doing? I That's like casuals are just flying right now, and we're fucking sulking. But yeah, I don't know. Compared to the first half of last season when Rich was gold and just incredible, like he's shooting less, he's touching the ball in the box less, he's crossing less, he's creating less. It's just I don't know what to believe at this point. Like he, it to me, it just seems like. Okay, he's just running ridiculously hot, or is it just like the team better. is better and he's get so he's getting less chances but better chances, and so he's just scoring. Like I, I don't know, I don't know how yeah, to I tell don't. the difference between those two things. I and, am in the same boat, but that said, I, I think he's a fairly obvious FPL pick that oh, he should have pick. and don't. I mean, I don't want to keep talking about this. Wait, but now I, why do I have Alonzo and not Richarlison? I mean, Alonzo has more points than him on the season. So yeah, Alonzo's I mean, good, we, right? I didn't fucking, totally fuck up there. No, I think it's a long-term safety play. I mean, we know Alonzo's a known commodity, and Richarlison's overperforming based on his stats. I think it's fine. Yeah, clean sheets are a lot of points too. Yeah, I just need I, that's really what it hinges on. I just need Chelsea to get cleans in the really easy fixtures, and then it's great. If their defense is just kind of like bad, but they score a lot of goals, then I don't know if it's good. Yeah, I mean, if they keep like nine clean sheets this year, that's a problem. That's bad. But yeah. if they're in the fourteen range, then you're fucking fine. Yeah, which okay. they probably will be just by it the quality be. of the players. It should. It should be. be. Yeah, right. they should be. It's fine, dude. Not owning Richarlison is fine. Oh my it god, is this is so fine, fine, dog. In the house of on fire, he just says, "Oh god." Posters of like Jota, Lucas Mora, Pedro on his wall, the dog in the house, and just burning down. This is fun. I just yeah. wish Chelsea had harder fixtures because then it wouldn't have been that challenging for me to 
decide between the two of them, but Chelsea have great pictures. For yeah, the I think Pe- Pedro's great too. I think Pedro's he's a great. Looked, pick. Pedro's looked ridiculously good. Yeah, he's he's really good. I think the only small, very small thing is like, is he a hundred percent nailed? I was actually thinking about this. This is sort of related. <laughs> We need other words than just like nailed, 100% nailed, sort of nailed, kind of nailed. Like, I need some like in between words. We need like the, we need like a Kinsey scale of like sexuality for nailedness. Cause like when I'm like rock hard about a player, I'm, I'm rock hard fucking throbbing over a player. When I'm medium (laughs) throbbing, I'm al dente. Like that's great. Like that's a established vocabulary word of FMLPL glossary. But for nailed, it just, we just say like a percentage in the nailed or sort of nailed. I think he's nailed. He might be nailed. I'm not sure. That's why I like using first choice because first choice are different. First choice and nailed are different things. Yeah, that is a different thing. That's it. That's like a city exclusive thing, though, because sorry, no, I, this doesn't is the same really thing. rotate. No, he doesn't. But I have, I still have no idea who he prefers between Pedro and William. Yeah, so I have zero, absolutely zero idea who he prefers. So I know we, what I'm seeing, and yeah, I'm making the decision. Think it's Pedro, but well, it could easily not it be. Could easily not be. So I need a word for that, which is just I don't know what that word is. It's just a mind. We'll come up with a mind fuck. Yeah, mind someone mind should fuck. submit something if they have a good good word for that. That's a good thing. Um, anyway, that was a that was a rant. But I was, so I was going to jump to this question. Josh shoes on Twitter. He said, "Bants about Everton attack. What's up with Siggy? Does he look good? He's just so unlucky so far. It seems like there'll be goals this season." I mean, Siggy's been good-ish. Yeah. Obviously, the first game was a little bit of a throwaway with the ten men for so long, but and he he's the one that got sacrificed for it. Yeah, he got the sacrificial lamb, but he he's creating chances. Seven five is not too expensive, but it just doesn't make any sense to own him over either Richarlison or, or Walcott to me because. I mean, he doesn't. Still, it's not shooting. He doesn't have pens. I mean, he could score five goals this whole season. That would not surprise me if it was something as low that's as like that. That's like pretty good for him. If you if you yeah, subtract I, pens, that's like that's like good for him. I guess, but what I'm saying, I mean, I don't think he's going to finish in. You know, I feel like he's going to get less points than Richarlison and Walcott. Period. Yeah, I, I think basically. that's just nailed. And the and way they more play expensive. is such inverted attacking wingers. It's just. Yeah, I, I and think he's more so expensive, too. so I, I don't see a spot for him. I don't at all mind double on Walcott and Richarlison. I think Walcott's a very under the radar fine pick. He looks just as good, if not better, than Richarlison so far. Um, I mean, he did anyway this last game, but yeah, they basically yeah, have I, the same stats. And and Fail also missed a huge chance. He could have triple returned very very easily. Yeah, very easily. Um, so I think that's definitely on. Theo's looked fantastic and. Yes, yeah, so Sobra on Slack had a question about that. He said, "Is it an option to double up if you know that it's likely only one will return? Hughes and Pereira, or Walcott and Charleston, or Mkhitaryan and Awobi? I'm not really talking about prices or any particular two players, but is it an option to double up knowing that one will return, knowing as best you do? I don't know. I don't really understand the question, but in short, I never think it's bad to double up on an attack if." 
you think it's a good attack, and they have a good like short to medium fixture run. Yeah, that's I don't basically think what he's asking. I think. Yeah, I think that if they, if it meets those two criteria, like I do not think Watford's attack is good. They don't really score away. They've played two good games so far, but in no world of life would I want to put two have two assets from their attack. Right. But a team like Everton who. Looks like they could score three each game and have a ridiculous run, and they have two individual players who both look cracking. I think it's great, and um, and, and, and the money cheap. is right. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're cheap, so I think those are good punts. But I think it's kind of rare that we have you know like Suarez and Sturge situation from a couple of years ago, where there are two premiums on the same team, like I guess Aguero and Raz, for example, where. You know, it's a good. That's a good tactic. I mean, Mane and Salah look Mala, good in Mane tandem. Salah, I was yeah. Say, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are there are exceptions, obviously, to this rule. But in general, I'm never shy. I mean, I usually fucking triple defenses for fun in a heartbeat. So I'm never shy on the double and triple. I, I think it's a way that you can try and you know make gains if if you're yeah. identifying something that you feel good about, and other people don't do things just because they're being risk averse and no other reason. That's not a good. That's not a good reason to me. That, yeah, that's it's just... a weird thing. I th- I feel like it only would matter in like a head-to-head league or something like that, where it's like you're trying to diversify and like let's just say Richarlison and Feo are your double up, and I also agree with you. I think that's fine. Maybe the week they're playing at City, you're gonna like lose your head-to-head or have a bad week because they're probably both gonna blank. Like, sure, I guess I could get behind that, but. We don't really ever talk about head to head or consider head to head as as part of the game. And if you think they're both good picks and going to return, then it just doesn't matter what team they play for. Like they're just good. They're yeah, just going to get points. I do think it's important to hop off of one, if not both, when the fixtures even turn to right. just okay. For right, right, Everton, right. For yeah, example, yeah, yeah. I mean, game week ten they play United, and then they start having like kind of a good game and then a bad game, and they have. From game week ten to eighteen, they have United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, and Spurs. That's five of the of those eight games against the probable top five. That's bad. You definitely need to get rid of one of your Everton attackers, and maybe both. I mean, that might be a time to unless if you have too much value in one, or one's still really looking better than the other, or something like that. But just as a as an example, you know, when the fixtures get, that's I feel like when you need to really. Yeah, that's moves, a good example. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's a good job. Yeah, good job, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, so, just speaking of the Everton Southampton game, Ingsy, dude, great shot by you. Yeah, it came in. I, he looked good. Um, I mean, five fives, uh, a really good price. He's a fantastic enabler. I'm seeing a lot of folks, you know, looking to get King out. You know, freeing up a million there, some stuff like that. I'm still just. It's still Southampton, so. Yeah, going into life with Ings as your like every week starter is a little sketchy, but his stats are insane and he looks good and five five's ridiculous. But yeah, the fixtures are still okay, but he, again, he still plays for Southampton. But I mean, it's it's fun. I think he's a fun pick. Yeah, he's it's fun. I mean, it gives you some reason to give a fuck about Southampton this season, which is going to be tough to do for anyone. And. He looks great. The five-five defenders, you know, because you kind of have to not only look at him in the competition with the other five-five forwards, of which there's only Jimenez, and he seems better to me than him. But Jimenez has been really good. Jimenez has been good, but I, Ings, Ings, he's done it for longer. And Wolves, I'm still done. I'm a little nervous about Wolves, what they're up to. But 
The five five defenders, other than PVA, there's not really any obvious options that scream out to me. So you know, if you're looking at doing a double swap and you could do something like you know the five five defender instead of a five five forward or things like that, I still like Ings there. Um, but you know, like Fraser, do I like Ings more than Fraser? I don't know. That's closer. It depends Fraser's more on your very good, yeah, Fraser's or Conte good. even. Yeah, Conte even. I, that's tough. I think it's more dependent on your team if you have two transfers or what you're doing. But yeah, Ings, I think Ings looks good. Yeah, I definitely don't think bet. he's good to bench every week though, because I'm not trying to spend an extra million on the bench. I feel like rotating maybe you could. There's so many good picks right now. Like I feel yeah, like I usually don't picks. feel this way. Yeah. Like usually game week two, I'm like itching to wildcard already because I'm like I don't have any of the essential guys and I want to get all of these guys that are fucking amazing and everyone has them and I'm just like like Ed, people will send me their team they'll like DM me on Twitter and be like uh, I was thinking of doing this to Ings or getting Conte or like whatever all the guys that we just talked about and I'm just like yeah looks good like they're all good like they're all good <laughs> picks I don't know you know it's hard to discern which one's going to score more points in like a short Short window, it's borderline impossible to do that. So, yeah, and that's the thing that's so unique about the season so far is everyone who flew game week one really flew game week two because everyone who returned game week one also returned game week two. Yeah, so, right, um, I mean, that's kind of why I personally at 560k feel lucky to be clinging to that rank when I have basically had one midfielder the whole year so far. And everyone has that midfielder, so I've been playing with like seven men. <laughs> yeah, you know? um, but yeah. You have no Richardson, no Mane. Yeah, I just you know I'm just getting no points in midfield. But this is kind of where we look at if we're being good managers because we're learning from seasons past and saying, okay, Ericsson and Otsel, they always do it. They always have done it. Underlying stats are well, not in both of their cases, but in Ericsson's case, like they're still fine. Still good. Yeah. Like if Ericsson had, if if Kane was able to finish that one great ball that he put into him instead of just like stop moving and fall down looking for a oh pen because he's a fucking piece of shit. And Ericsson got an assist there. I mean, he created so many chances in game week one. If he got an assist there, we wouldn't be having a conversation about potentially taking him out or anything. Yeah, and I think that's um, a great point because one of the things I tweeted about Ericsson once after Trips free kick and like trips on corners and stuff is like last season he had one assist from Ericsson, had one assist from corners, three assists from free kicks, and then two seasons ago he had three assists from corners and three assists from free kicks. It's there's definitely a negative effect that Trips, if he's playing very regularly, which he probably will, is going to have on Ericsson and his long term, you know, value and reliableness. But I think what you just said is a great point where you have to kind of put things in perspective. And it's like Ericsson's unlucky to not have a return right now. And if he did, I'm not sure how much we'd even be talking about this. It's just made harder because Mane is just blowing the doors down and they're the same price, which is one thing. But I mean, the set pieces is a concern for sure. Don't get me wrong. Like corner kicks, even though the you know they what do you get three percent of the time you get a goal off corner kick, but it's still not nothing. You know, you, yeah, you still luck into the point. Yeah, you it's still like luck being into, on pens. You just get random assists. Yeah, you get randomly lucky. And um, if if he's going to be off direct freeze while Trippier's on, we'll see. But you know, he still should should be sharing and taking indirect set pieces, which is really that's what he's really good at. Are the indirect set pieces about yeah, putting right. those balls in those areas? I mean, he scores goals off them sometimes, but. Um, 
he's just still doing everything he always has done. He just didn't get any points so far. So I, I was like, obviously, in a very emotional state on Saturday when he oh blanked, and I was going, I was losing my mind. Everyone and was I, triggering you at the the. Erickson looks like he's playing deep. Talk. Oh my god! And, and I mean, my wife, my wife was just taking the brunt of it, and she, and so then I'm obviously immediately thinking about fucking him off my team because I don't want to look at him anymore, and she's like. I just spout random shit to her and she just doesn't even, she half pays attention. But she's like, when I captained him, she's like, this is like, you're going to marry someone and you're captaining them. And then the next day you want to break up with them and kill them because of like that one moment. She's like, but if you're, if you have someone on your team who you're willing to marry, then why would you remove them? I was like, that's a good point. Wow. I was like, it doesn't make sense. So I was like, so I'm just going to keep them. She's great. Sometimes, yeah. We got to get her on the pod. Oh my God, she would be mortified. <sighs> Dude, yeah. I can't. I, I don't want to watch another Spurs game the rest of the season. I mean, to be honest, with Bavis and Lucas, it was kind of exciting for me. Like, Lucas is fun to watch. He's a little firecracker. Yeah, he's he's fast. He's guy. so fast and just like loose cannon, just like wild man. So it's kind of fun to watch him. But yeah, in Spurs, I don't know. Kane, Kane by far is the most frustrating player for me. Yeah. Oh, like my God. I used to be like kind of like angry at like Ali diving and misplacing passes or like whatever, whatever the fuck, but. Kane is just so hard to watch. Like, yeah, he, he broke he looks the like curse, whatever. Like, he just looks like Charlie Austin or something. Like, he, <laughs> he just Me can't that move. He just falls. Like, yeah, he scored a nice goal. Like, but God, he's I mean, just such dude, a nightmare. If you, in this game, Spurs versus Fulham, if you replaced Kane and everything that he was doing with Glenn Murray, how many goals would Glenn Murray have scored? Oh my God, Glenn Murray <laughs> nailed Hattie. <laughs> He would have had an actually easy nailed. hat trick. Easy hat trick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Glenner is fucking world class finisher. Oh my god! That was one of the best Glenner games I've seen since he left Palace. And that goal is not getting the credit that it deserves. That first goal was Glenner was great. That was just so filthy. That little flick. Oh my he's, god! He was just doing peak vintage Glenn Murray things. God, speaking of just strikers from that match, imagine swapping Mitrovic and Kane. Oh, Mitrovic would have had he would finish with fifty goals this season. We're gonna lose so many of our British listeners. No, I, I, I mean, cannot listen, imagine that more than five Spurs fans listen. The to our thing pod. is, like we we do we do shit on Spurs often. It must be said, like you're you personally are probably like the earliest Kane adapter I've ever known in my life. I bought him when he was four eight. He was 4.8, no name, backup, young striker. Like, we've been Kane before, like, Salah and, and, like, not really before Kuhn, like, while Kuhn was still going on. We were, like, always Captain Kane merchants. Like, we were Kane in every season, without question, Kane in our starting game week one team forever. So it... It, Except for last year when I didn't have Kane. <laughs> yeah, right. But you had Erickson and Ollie just to yeah. cover for Kane. Like that's how much and respect it, we was, showed him. It was August. Yeah, and it was August. But that that definitely carries like some of why it's so frustrating to watch them because like Kane looks like he's seventy five years old, and it's just like <laughs> he just needs to rest. Like he's not good right now. He's not like contributing 
positively, and it's just so frustrating. Like when Kane was flying when he was, you know, three seasons ago, like scoring hat tricks at Chelsea and shit. It was just like it was the best thing ever. It was incredible. It was like so exciting, but that he just hasn't looked like that for so long. So I, I just want to defend our our Spurs bashing a little bit with like. We're we're like classically Kane lovers. It's just not not his time right now. Yeah, is that fair? Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I also personally bash on Spurs three hundred percent more than you. You don't oh, yeah. ever bash on Spurs. I don't. I yeah, I don't really. No, that's my my job. That's your job. Yeah, but you don't bash on anyway. You're just a fucking nice guy, like fun loving. Do I not long. bash enough? You have you go on very like narrow rants about something like that sets you off, but it's usually either something a manager does or it's like, like one, one guy yeah, on like your, one, small one guy thing on your team or one who, like, guy. when they yeah yeah I think you're, that's right you're that's, a kinder basher, but that just means that like I don't know that to me that sounds like I'm the serial killer of between <laughs> us and you're like. Just an angry person. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have I'm putting on lipstick on my couch, like crossing off the people to kill list. <laughs> okay. Um let's go through some questions real quick because we, we got a lot. There's some good ones here. There's a mayo on Slack. Who's your pick of the six fives to score the most points in the medium term next four ish game weeks? Um, I mean, it's the same names, except yeah. to just remove Jota. It's Madison, Pedro, and uh, and Richarlison. Not in that order. I have no idea which of those three players will score more points. If you think you know, you're wrong because all three of them could score, <laughs> you know, thirty or eight. I don't know. And what's your read on Madison and Lester? Because we we haven't talked about them since you know at all this pod. And I don't know, Maddo. He gets a pretty lucky deflected goal. Now Vardy's pretty, out. Pretty lucky is a ridiculous categorization. Very lucky. Yeah, very 100% lucky. 100% lucky. Like, Leicester essentially created nothing. They got a lucky own goal and a lucky deflection. And Rachel Maddow all of a sudden is like hot on the tips of the tongues of everyone transferring in six fives. But I don't know. What do you think about Madison and what do you think about Leicester? Um, Leicester still feel very much I need more games and more information. I don't have a great read. I think that because they play Liverpool game week four, it doesn't make that much sense to get them right now. Um, at Southampton, that's the kind of game where they go and it's 1-1, nil nil. I mean, come on. And, and I imagine watching that match. Oh my God. Oh my know. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That is just <laughs> diabolical so, nightmare match. Yeah, I mean that, that tells you things. <laughs> you suggest watching the game, just imagining I'm, watching I'm it. Just sets right us off. I am crying tears of laughter in my fucking face right now. <laughs> so I, I feel like getting two more games is a good job, and then they have then they have a better long term run. Um, starting game week five for really a, a, a long time. They have, they have good attacking fixtures, pretty much more or less. So that's kind of when I would want to do it. But yeah, they still aren't. I mean, they they looked very good against United, but you know, Brighton just scored three against United. So I don't even know what that means. Yeah, right. what's the bar and, there? I mean, Vardy's going to be out for a little bit. Ian Acho will come step in, but I, I still just don't feel like he picked two different teams. He's going to pick different teams for the next couple game weeks. I'm a little, a little iffy on that. Yeah, it's concerning for me that they created absolutely nothing and they kind of got away with it and scored two goals because they didn't deserve it. The thing that 
I think stands out to me more than anything with Leicester, even though it's only two games, small sample size, is like Puel like bought some defenders and he's such a negative conservative manager. There actually is some value in their defense. Like I'm used to their defense being so bad and we couldn't have shit on it harder in preseason, but Evans in is a big deal. He's a solid defender. And Pereira looks really good and Chilwell looks really good. And Pereira's and Pereira played under Puel at Nice. Like Puel fucking loves Pereira. He's like basically playing right midfielder. Even when he starts at right back, I think he had the most touches in the box in the game against Wolves. Like he's just overlapping merchant assists in both games. They got they were pretty lucky to get away with a clean against Wolves, must be said, but if they can be middle of the pack in cleans and Pereira can rack up assists, I, there's potentially something there. I, I'm, I'm interested in it. Yeah, I think you could you could defend that for a spell. The, the problem is that I think of with them is I feel like Palace is a better defensive team and they yes, have players at every price bracket. Everyone's got these six million guys in who are all banging it in. Right, where do you I mean, fit them in? Shaw, yeah, like Shaw's still five, still start. I mean, I still feel like Shaw's an okay pick. I just don't know where this where there's room, but yeah, I think that's a shout. Yeah, that, one, that's one final reasonable. thing about Madison. Madison on the season has three goal attempts, one in the box, and one chance created. So he looks good, but the stats are not there. The stats are very the stats not are, there. That is the stats are not there. Not. But okay. he looks good. So yeah, he does look good. Yeah. All right. Everything's just... certainly running through him. Is, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll just rapid fire through some other questions. Um, oh, and Fred. Walcott. I, I think Walcott should be in that conversation too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Did we not say him? No, I didn't. I just mentioned Madison, Richarlison, and Pedro. Right. Yeah, Walcott's great. He's and absolutely Frazier. Great. I mean, he's he's good. They have good Yeah, features. Mayo asked for six times, but yeah, Frazier's good. Conte's good. I, we've. We've like passively mentioned every right, every right, one right, that we going. back in that region. I mean, Mikatarian a little more expensive, I think, is a good pick. Um, Craig on Slack, question for the pod: Do we keep faith in De Gea despite today's game, or do we swap? And who's looking the best right now? Jabron James also said goalkeeper moves always feel bad, but is moving from De Gea to Ederson or Allison a feasible move, or do we practice patience with United D? And last half he said. Halfy or healthy? Just pretend that we're Ronald Koeman and say healthy. Healthy. Question for Bob: What the fuck do you do if you have double Man United D? Oof. Yeah, I mean, double. First of all, if you own Bai, that is the by far number one most urgent transfer you could possibly make. Um, double defense. Good. What? Bai looked good. <laughs> <laughs> Here's me and Priestess and saying buys by far their best defender. Good job if, by me. If you, if you if you own double United defense, that is also absurdly urgent to just get one to shred yourself shed one share. Unless De you're trying to shoot, unless is, you're trying to shoot the moon, we can't throw that out there. Uh, shoot the moon. De Gea does not look great right now. If you have a City or Liverpool spot available, it's pretty difficult. After two game weeks in, to justify that De Gea is going to get more points than either Allison or Ederson, um, it's just dependent on the rest of your team. Like, do you have the luxury to spend a transfer there? You know, I mean, what do you think? That's kind of what I feel. Yeah, like. I mean, I in hindsight, I made that double move. I kind of wish I dealt with De Gea and just 
got Ederson. I have a free city spot. I could have gone. De I could have gone De Gea, Richard, Ederson, Richarlison, or Richarlison, or Mkhitaryan, or Mkhitaryan, whatever, easy. And mm-hmm. that just like solves two problems. I I didn't do that. I still have De Gea, but I'm very much looking at Ederson. I mean, it's just. I think they. I didn't get through like most of the pods because there's a match today, but. I think it was totally football. Someone was saying, like, United kind of haven't been that good defensively for, like, two or three seasons. They just have De Gea that cleans up everything. Like, XG, all that shit, De Gea just, like, trumps all of it by making, like, standing on his head and just making a billion saves. But he hasn't done that for a few months now. Not for Spain, not at the end of the season for United, not the beginning of this season. And that's a little bit concerning. Yep. I agree. Um, I mean, Shaw though, Shaw's look good, dude. Shaw's just good. He's, the assist was ridiculously lucky, but yeah, he he was one of the few players that were wearing that was wearing a red shirt that could held held his head. He's one he of the few players that looks like he's playing a position that he's ever played in his life before. There you go. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, Vacantiff on Slack says, should Wilf be a staple in our front three going forward? Great run of fixtures for the next six weeks. Already approaching 32% ownership. Holy fuck. I didn't realize it was that high. Yeah, I mean, no, I still like Arnie more. Um, period. But if I was going with three strikers, then Wilf would probably be the third guy I'd try and wedge in. Um, I think I, at, at this point, I like Wilf more. I started the season with Arnie. I was right there with you. But knowing that Wilf is now just central, he's just... Yeah. Central striker. I I think I prefer Palace and I prefer Wilf and the players around him. They just seem like such a better team and they're creating stuff. And yeah, the the run is ridiculous. The fixtures are yeah. not comparable to West Ham. Yeah, the run's good. I mean, Arnie's just so selfish now that we know he's on pens. I just I love that. Yeah. I just don't. Well, at Arsenal's actually a good fixture, so don't let oh, yeah, that red deceive you. I mean, yeah. it's great. The fixtures are not. The right color when you look at them on the, on the little yeah, ticker yeah. bullshit thing, but they're not awful. I mean, yeah, they're not know, as bad as they look. Yeah, they're really they really are. And for for an attack from an attacking standpoint, especially you know they're going to be playing on the counter. I mean, Chelsea at home isn't good on paper, but should get should get a couple chances. Same with United at home. United at home's fantastic fixture. Um, you know they got at Arsenal, home Wolves at Everton. It's it's nowhere yeah, near that's as good fair. as. I think it's close. I think I would take Wolf over Arnie though. Yeah, I just like. I mean, I wouldn't make that swap if I were wild carding right now. I'm not sure where right. I would go. That I, that yeah, I feel like we say a lot of things on this pod that we need to kind of like preface with that. Like, I have Arnie. In no world am I ever considering making that swap. That's a lateral move. I have other problems to fix. Arnie's still a good pick. I should feel like we need to clarify that for like new listeners and shit. But if you're like wild carding or just in a vacuum, I think I would prefer Wilf. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, what about fucking Callum, dude? His stats. He he. You know what Callum did? He space jammed Josh King. <laughs> he just took all of Josh King's skills and was like, "We're gonna play right next to each other, and I'm gonna be the fucking man." He looks great. <laughs> He looks really good. He's good. I, just, I mean, ah, he's, I've gotten so fucked by him in the past. Every single time I bring him in, he's like, he's like Chaz for me. They, ev- everyone dies. ever that has ever played FPL has gotten fucked by by Callum Wilson. Yeah, 
And but he he just looks good. I mean, he looks good. He God, fuck. There's so many good players this year. What the fuck has happened? There's so many good players. Yeah, I mean, the stats are out of control. Good for Callum, also. I mean, imagine if he didn't miss box. that pen. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be like he'd be number one, three more expensive right now. Yeah, he would be like most points in the game or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. Bournemouth are kind of good. I mean, we. We shit on them a bit. Fraser looks good. Brooks looks really good. Oh yeah, dude, he looked great. He looked really good. And I mean, King is unfortunately for him and King owners, he kind of seems like he's the one that like is not benefiting from the kind of new system and stuff. But yeah, it's unlocked like the rest of the team who look look good. Bournemouth just look good. Yeah, Wilson's a good pick. Yeah, Wilson's a good pick. Um, Wolfie, any 5-5 defender for Arsenal and Chelsea worth looking at ahead of their decent runs? I'm thinking Louise or Monreal. Um, I would want absolutely... If there was a 4-5 defender on Arsenal, I would not want them on my team. For, I'm just <laughs> going to just say that. I don't, <laughs> I'm not even remotely considering a defender on their team. Chelsea, yeah, I think David Louise is okay. He's an okay pick at 5-5, but I would still rather have PVA. Um. Yeah, probably. PVA plays midfield. I assume you don't have him. I, that I would have him over David Luiz, for sure. Yeah, I think so. I, I it just Chelsea are gonna look. The amount of space that's there is just. There's so much space on the counter available. Even in the good fixtures, they're gonna let up goals on the counter in like the 83rd yeah, no, minute. I'm worried I mean, about it. As Huddersfield I'm, hit the bar twice. It's just. I don't. I don't want any. I don't want any of them. Really is my answer. I guess I'm a little higher on Chelsea defense than you. I think. Yeah, I think so too. I've been pretty down on their defense and since. Yeah, they like I was too in preseason. I thought full stay away. Like let's just see how it goes. They obviously got carved open for like a 20 minute stretch against Arsenal, but I don't know. I think they can make it work. I think. What what's interesting is only one fullback really attacks at a time. It's usually Alonso, but when Alonso goes up, Aspel stays back. So yeah. they have Luis Rudiger Aspel back. They also Jorginho. Jorginho is always back. Conte is box to box. I th- I feel like that's enough. Like that should be enough against bad teams that like you're not getting like completely exposed behind Alonso or something like that. But yeah. I guess we'll see soon. I, yeah, I just when everyone else at six is so much better. Yeah, it's just, so much better. Just find. I mean, I'm just like find the point five. Yeah, just find know. it. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, like someone like Bellend is interesting me a little bit, like because he's just he's just so far forward. Yeah, he's basically season. playing a midfield. But. He's basically a midfielder. He's like playing the Alonso role. He just doesn't have near the stratosphere of class of Alonso. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, if they can start to look okay defensively, I then make that transfer. I do not make that transfer before a good run of fixtures just because it's a good run of fixtures. That's yeah. the thing. That's the key thing. I mean, until Shaka stops playing and we oh. see Torreira and we Torreira figure, needs to be nailed, yes. Yeah, he's, if he doesn't start the next game, I don't know what to make of anything in the world. If but. he doesn't start the next game, we're, we're Patreoning a Emery out banner to fly over the Emirates, I think. Yeah, no, you you can't tell me he doesn't have fitness after playing two forty fives. You can't. I I can't. I don't have time to listen to that. No, I do not. But have time. I mean, that's Conte a, that, just played and just won the fucking final. 
No, it and he's and he so small, everything's like littler. He should be able to recover faster. He's less of everything. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably recovering it. from getting his braces off more than the, the fitness from the World Cup. The yeah, 13-year-old, the way Uruguayan. But yeah, no, it's just it's just not a good idea, I don't think. Arsenal defense, it's, it's being too clever. It's like getting Jota instead of a Charles. Like, come on. Yeah, ugh, too come soon. On. Come on, Darkness. guys. Dagger. Um. All right. I think. Yeah. We we're we're doing a lot today. I yeah, think let's we can get move out on of from let's, questions, let's right? Our, yeah. Let's get out of it. All right. So let's go captains. to captains and our teams and shit. So who are you looking at for cap this week? Um. I mean, it's the there's, easiest. There's basically two guys. It's Salah or Aguero. Which one are you capping? Yeah. I mean, I'm always on Mo. If Mo, yeah. I would need Mo on against. I don't know what I, I would. I don't know what fixture I would need to not captain Mo besides Palace. Um, I was gonna say City, but then that means that Kuhn is playing Liverpool, so I yeah, don't know what to and do. And it's just gonna be hopefully like ten nine or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I mean home Brighton. Brighton traveled so poorly game week one. Um, they'll they'll have their tails up after uh, winning against United, but I mean I don't think they're a good team. I think they're. I think they're gonna go I to Anfield Brighton, and get. I think, I think I remember from match of the day, Brighton got 29 of their 40 points at home last season. Yeah, like they're, they're going to travel to Anfield and get fucked. And they're going to get fucked. That's an easy one for me. I, I, yeah. I don't really have an issue with someone captaining Kuhn. I would just be like, yeah, that's fine. But I'm personally Yeah, I mean, not. Wolves are bad defensively. There's and, yeah. tons of room. I it's weird being a coon owner because if his captaincy is like really high, I almost want him to be benched. I just want to punish the non-believers. <laughs> yeah, maybe not this week with Wani Biz on the, on the red card train, but we'll right, see. right. Are you you're on Mo as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, so- like just like last week, I never considered it. No matter what Aguero did this week, I never considered it. I mean, like I texted you. You unfortunately didn't get to see the the Liverpool Palace match, but. On another day, that's an easy quadruple return for Mo. I mean, he gets red card challenged out of a one-on-one with the keeper. He has some other chances that are like in the box, half chances that are blocked. One of those goes in or something, or takes a pen. He he got two assists. Like I tweet, like a lot of people after that game. I'm not joking, by the way. A lot of people are tweeting in like any like Salah out, like Salah to Mane and and bank the three million, like blah blah blah. And I just tweeted. I tweeted it back at, at the general world. So I was the highest XG, highest non-penalty XG, second highest XA. He's single returned in game week one, double returned game week two away at Palace. Meanwhile, everyone in FL is asking us, like, thoughts on going Salahless? I'm just like, what? What is happening? Like, I just, so I, I can't wrap my head around it at all. Like, there's not much more he could have possibly done to, to, to just, Auto keep, like just auto hold. Like, I don't, I don't know. So, one just preview for game week five Liverpool at Spuds, City home to fall. Okay, now we're okay. talking. That is after the international break, though. So, we'll see. Oh, that's, that makes it so much worse. Yeah. Um, so, transfer. So, you did the Alonzo. So, I mean, we were talking a little bit behind the scenes before the pod about how few times we've made early transfers. And, yes. I mean, I use one of my two, but it just felt like with Jota, nothing that would have happened in the world would have changed me getting rid of Jota. 
Yes. And same for that you. That was a so factor. That yeah. was a factor. I mean, that was a big factor. And so we both fired away on Sunday before the price changes. And so I got Pedro in on the straight swap, um, very much considered Richarlison. I was looking at doing something like downgrading either Shaw or Sacco to a 4-5 or five for money to get Richarlison, but... In the end, I just didn't feel like the value of spending the extra transfer there plus the downgrade. Like I didn't think for first of all that Richarlison was so much better than Pedro. I thought it was a coin flip, and um, so I just I went ahead with that. I'm planning on floating my other transfer. Um, my team, yeah, and you have no money in the bank, right? Yeah, and that was again. I mean, I wouldn't have done it if I had point five. If I had point five in the bank, I probably would have gotten Richarlison. If I waited, I would have not been able to do the straight swap. So I just just fired it. I just fired yeah. it away. Yeah, I and love it. I think yeah. Pedro's a great. Yeah, we'll see. And then yeah, again, I mean, I'm going to probably float. I mean, Juan's out, but my team still looks like it's in okay shape. Um, I'll just start Shaw. He'll get an assist because he always does, and I'll be fine. <laughs> he attack returns every game. Every game. Uh, what about you? So you did Alonzo. What was it? So again? I- yeah, I did a, I did Juan out and Jota out for Alonzo and four five mid. I just went to Billing also. He seems like an okay four five pick. Um he'll always be buried on my bench because I still have Kearney, so whatever. It didn't really matter. But yeah, basically the decision I made was Alonzo over every other six five mid and go and transform from sort of a four four two to a five three two. So I'll be starting five defenders every week, which is crazy. Four of them are left backs in classic Alon fashion, and the other one's Trent. Yeah, but you're starting Mendy, Rabo, Alonzo, Bavis, and Trent. Like that They're is basically five midfielders. I've seen I've seen a couple wildcard teams with that back five. Yeah, no, it's filthy, disgustingly good. Like yeah. it, when it comes down to it, it, like I was just saying about Alonzo. I mean, I don't really have to worry about Mendy, Rabo, or Trent getting cleans. We that's Happening, and we can all see it with our eyes. Now, the only thing that like would hinge on Alonzo being the correct pick over equally priced midfielders, or same with with Bavis, would be that the cleans follow. Like Spurs have no clean so far. Defenses and they mostly dominated both games, and they just let up like a stupid goal in both games. But their fixtures aren't very good. They've United, Watford, Liverpool next three. If they're not picking up cleans and looking solid defensively, I probably should be pivoting off of Bavis, even though his underlying attacking numbers are actually the best in the league, better than Alonso. Alonso, I think, yeah, like, I mean, I just talked about Chelsea defense. I think the clean, the difference of getting four points for a clean versus one point for a clean for a midfielder, I think just should swing it in Alonso's favor. Like, his stats are ridiculously good. I mean, most. Most guys that we're talking about have better stats than Richarlison, but must be said Alonso's are also better. And the, and then just factoring the cleans, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's there. He looks better on bones than he's than he was in the last two seasons. And I don't know. I just think. I hope it's the right decision because <laughs> I easily could have got Richarlison. And if he keeps scoring, I'm going to look like a fucking idiot. And if Chelsea don't keep cleans and these easy fixtures coming up, I'm going to look like an idiot. But. Yeah, rolling those five out is is pretty fucking sexual. I mean, De Gea is the one like the one guy on my team where I'm just like, where the fuck did you come from? But everyone else is pretty good. Yeah, and you can easily drop him to Ederson soon if if that looks on. 
Yeah, I can drop Dea to any goalkeeper in the game. I can drop Bavis to almost any defender in the game. I still have Lucas Mora. I mean, he should still be nailed while Sun is out. He played well against Fulham, so that's fine. And he's seven. I could always drop him to Richarlison for free next week if that's like you know still a thing. So I have options. Um, a lot of it hinged on Ozil and just is he nailed? And and the reading of most Gooners that I could find, Nate included in that, was that he's probably nailed and he's probably like high in Emery's plans. And that's all I needed to hear. Like I I didn't even want to participate in the conversation of like, is he good and is he going to return? Because I think that's a yes. And I don't think someone could convince me not. But I'm just worried about if he's nailed or not. Because if he wasn't nailed, I would have dealt with that spot and not made the transfers that I made. I, yeah, we talked about it. I was thinking about going like Ozil up to Hazard and dropping Jota to a four five and Dude, starting. I yeah. can't wait for Ozil points. He looked so fucking pissed off when he got subbed. He was like cursing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think he said like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck off!" Like that's what I remember <clears throat> like reading his lips and seeing it. Yeah, I mean, we will have the last laugh with the mantis god. He will bring us to inside heaven. I pray so hard. Like I'm, I'm gonna be fucking glued. That's got to be the the TV match of the for the next Saturday. That has to be the the best match for TV. Arsenal home, West Ham little London darbs. They'll probably. I mean, let's put on fucking Hunter, go. Huddersfield but, Cardiff. How could they? How could they not? Tell yeah, Southampton Leicester. Aforementioned Southampton Leicester up there as well, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm nervous about Ozil. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna sit here and lie. I'm I'm nervous about Ozil, but I'm I feel pretty decent about my team. Five three two. I cannot believe it. Yeah. No, Ozil's gonna just bring it, bring home the milk. Oh my god! Please. All right, let's get out of here. All right, well, let me slap some patron asses. New <laughs> signups for the week. Patreon.com slash FMLPL. Good job by you. Thanks for signing up. We got Andrew King. We got Hank Ruff. Jamie Fenning. Sean Mulhall. Felipe Tran. Faisal, Salmon, Samin, Aaron England, Richard Hedberg, Dalton King, Jamie DeGraff, DeGrom, Cyrus Kambata. Love that name. Cyrus Kambata. That's sick. Adam Pritchard, not related to Huddersfield Pritchard, Matthew White, and Zweddy, which is interesting. Interesting name by you. Thanks so much. Let's let that ass, you know. Um, any final words? No, I don't know. No. Check us out at fmlpl.com. Follow us on Twitter at fmlfpl and cheers. <laughs>